Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. It's things to lose, so you got to feel it. I want them to feel it, but we got to use this now to be better. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson, for the fifth time in his young career, has a touchdown. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Are you ready? Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns. What's up, everybody? Tearing it up. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. Touchdown, Bears! What's up? Welcome in. Happy April Fool's Day after April Fool's Day. I hate April Fool's Day. You were just telling me. Stupid. Why? You know Bad, the, bad memory? You Someone know, got you good back in the day, huh? Not really. The only one that yesterday that actually got me for... Probably 10, 15 seconds was the University of Wisconsin put out a statement that said due to uh, a problem like structural integrity with Camp Randall Stadium, they no longer could do jump around. Okay. And I was reading it and I was like, oh, I mean, that's sort of feasible. And then I, the whole thing was like a long page. And by the second paragraph, I was onto it. Yeah. Yeah. But for a second, it got me. There was one from the Field Museum. About how they discovered an unprecedented amount of dinosaur bones during a renovation of some building downtown. And for a second, I, I'm into that stuff. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Click on the link. Within like two sentences, I'm like, this is like a five-year-old wrote it or something. <laughs> <laughs> With all due respect. That's not even like a, a joke. I, I thought it was cool because I, that's, that's how I felt. Oh, yeah, big dinosaur bone discovery in the city of Chicago. It's kind of cool. But I'm, then I thought to myself, I'm like, yeah. Every you know, year there's one. You got me. There's like one or two April Fool's jokes that I actually feel like should not be jokes. That should actually happen. Like the U.S. Open in tennis yesterday said that they were going to start having dogs be the the ball. <laughs> Get the balls. That's, That's awesome. It's a great idea. I don't watch tennis. I would watch tennis if there were dogs running out there getting the tennis balls. It's going to be some trained dogs, though. Right, but it would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. But there, there's a video out there, I'm thinking of it now, of uh, a kid or a younger person uh, retrieving a ball where he gets whacked. you ever see that? I'm, 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 oh, my, my, my memory's kind of blurred. Yeah, right in the nuts. Yes. I yes, think is what yes. you're talking about. <laughs> I've seen Who that. doesn't love a football in the groin? Everybody loves a football in the groin. <laughs> hey, a uh, couple things from our last episode. <laughs> uh, first of all, appreciate all the feedback from our uh, mega episode. You know, I had somebody I, I curl with. Shout out to uh, my buddy Elliot, who I curl with at the uh, Chicago Curling Club. But he came up to me. Now, is he a brusher or a slider? Are those even the real names of the positions? You do okay. everything. Okay. There's a difference between like skip, vice skip, second, and lead. 
That's the only difference. I just otherwise, see a brusher and a slider. Otherwise, actually, the the skip does not uh, sweep, which is interesting. You sweep, sweeper. Yeah, but no, brusher is not wrong. In Canada, they call it brushing. Okay, or they just use they call it sweeping too, but they use brushing more. Anyway, that's not the point here. Uh, you, <laughs> <laughs> Elliot came up to me last night and goes, I, "I listened to your podcast for the first time," and I said, "Well, you picked a good episode to listen to the the Pace Nagy interview." And then I, but I didn't make sure to point out to him. Just so you know, we don't usually take up two hours of your life. Yes, <laughs> you you listen to the longest episode we've ever had. So, uh, oh, by far that was. Yeah, appreciate everyone who who stayed all the way through, which a lot of people did because I was getting comments on a lot on uh, Kevin Fishbane's appearance. Yes, a lot of controversy in that appearance. Yes, we had uh, you know controversial thoughts on the Mighty Ducks again, which I still haven't gotten around to watching D2, so I apologize for that. We will have the D2 review soon. I'm sure I will tear it apart. Uh, Oregon, Wisconsin, shout out yesterday on Twitter. Um, they appreciated that I pronounced it correctly. You did not. Oregon. Oregon, Wisconsin. It's located in Wisconsin. Oh, and then some town from Illinois got mad. Apparently, there's an Oregon, Illinois. So then they got the mad you know. at me. I, I apologize for that. Um, well, Oh, and then people were mad that I, I couldn't remember Matt. I'm like, I, I remember I said I did, wasn't sure if we had any Matt Nagy drops. No, in, yes, we have and a, then, a notable I, and one. And then, yes. of course, we have this. So take that and think about that for a little bit. Right. Yes. So, yeah, that was a... That was a, uh, a mi- and then we also have these ones too, though. Mitch, do you have me? Mitch, Mitch, do you have me? Mitch, do you have me? Okay, good, good. But we didn't have a segment. I think that's what our conversation was. Right, because it was about the uh, what does the, the fox, fox say. say? There were some additions though from last week. Oh man, we just both need a cheeseburger. I like that one. That that one will be good. What else? Go ahead, I'm listening. Yeah. So. <laughs> Was there a swear word that came after that not too long? Uh, oh, when he called Dan Durkin a jackass? Yes, yes, yes. I By the way, that. he did not actually call Dan Durkin No, Dan Durkin jackass. called himself a jackass, and he says, yes, you are a jackass. Well, he, he said... That was I, a good question, actually, from Dan. No, he said, I feel like a jackass for a, a, asking that question, and Nagy joked back, Yes. well, you should. Yes, all joking. That's all he said. Yes, it was all joking. So. It was actually a very good question. We got a very good answer, but we, we were caught in... Caught up in a Bitmoji conversation there was at the a, time. Yeah, which apparently annoyed some people. Bitmoji? They got a little overwhelmed by the Bitmoji. Bitmoji thing. stuff. It was fun. Okay. Um, it's April. It's, it was March when we recorded it. It is still our goal to someday nail down that Andy Reid Bitmoji and share it with the world. Uh, speaking of sharing with the world, we appreciate those of you that do that with this podcast. I actually meant to do this a couple weeks ago, um, but... You know, every episode I ask you guys to rate and review the podcast, and most of you don't, which is okay, but some of you actually do. And I, I just haven't been going through this on iTunes the other day, um, some of these reviews, and I wanted to just, you know, give a couple shout-outs to people who recently did leave a review. Some of these don't have real names, so Lucky Sabola, thank you for doing that last week. Um, D-Man the Third. ED2464. Mike, I use my real name on this stuff. Do people not do that? I guess not. Should I not it do that? It could be Lucky. Lucky could be a real name. Yeah. Maybe. You never know nowadays. Johnny Mac in Jersey said, we are the Tony Romos of our beloved Bears. Love you guys here over in Jersey. 
Appreciate that, Johnny Mac. Thank you, Johnny I Mac. I like Romo. Um, this one coming in from... Well, I'll save the name here. This is... Uh, <laughs> Why is it inappropriate? <laughs> well, this is uh, back from January, though. I enjoyed this one. Listening to Hogue, Johns, and Joey, Joe, Joe makes me feel less lonely on days that my family gets together without me. Keep up the hard work, guys. Signed, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, you know, even the fun reviews like that, we appreciate. Yeah. But he did leave five stars, so it was still effective. Yes, yes. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, for real, though, when you guys do that, it, um, I don't know, the iTunes algorithm, that's, it helps. So five stars, leave a review. The more activity on there, uh, the more it spreads. The, in fact, I want to challenge everyone. I did this once during the season. Find somebody you know that's a Bears fan and tell them about our podcast. If every one of our listeners did that, we would, I believe, if this is um, the correct math, it would double our listenership. Is that right? Where's the button? Find the button. That's the other thing. I got to reorganize these things. This is a Fox clip coming up. Or the math math major. I think, it but just, I wasn't. I think it just disappeared. It's gone. Deleted. It's, it feels like it's gone. I was a math major. I wasn't, actually, but... Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. I've been practicing that. What? You're only uh, a couple years too late. Too late. Too late. Uh, anyway, um, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read us, WGNRadio.com slash Bears. We got a reaction to the Jordan Howard trade up there, which we're about to uh, discuss here in a second. Johns, he wrote about it for the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, completely overshadowed. You know, this we have these days in our business. This happens all the time. I must have spent eight hours of my life putting together that ten bears things that day. Okay, and then right almost an hour per thing. Second, I almost the second I I published that the Jordan Howard trade just broke. <laughs> Delete, and at that point I had mentioned. You know, the possibility of the trade, but it was buried way down in my final thoughts. Okay. So then I had to write a whole new thing on the Jordan Howard trade, and no one read my 10 Bears things. I shouldn't say no one, but, you know, that's what happens. But yes, yes. You know, yeah. you allegate time to something, and then something else happens. The news overshadowed it. I, I was honestly surprised that they pulled the trigger this quickly. I thought they'd wait to the draft, a little bit closer to the draft, but... I think it just speaks to his market or lack thereof. Were you surprised at all? I, I wasn't surprised by the compensation. I know I know some listeners and fans were. I, I wasn't at all. You're not going to get a lot for a guy who is that much. Well, he was coming off a, a season of career lows. Obviously, the, the writing was on the wall. Everybody across the league saw that his time with the Bears looked over. So the Bears didn't have much leverage. Again, a season of career lows. But I, I thought maybe they wait to the draft or, or closer to it to try to get something better. Well, yeah, the timing was a little weird um, because it was just sort of sandwiched right in the middle of when free agency happened and then the draft, uh, sort of a dead period. But it also was right after the owners. Yes, yeah, so, so. I, I'm guessing Ryan Pace, Joey Lane, who also was there, got a really good gauge of the market, or again, lack thereof of the market. And, and look, Jordan Howard is a good player. I don't want to feel like, or, or convey that we're, we're ripping him. We're not. Well, and I had He's, to write that in my column too. Yes. Like there's no way to, 
to write out the logic of the trade and the compensation without it making it sound like you're bashing Jordan Howard. Right. And that's right. not what we're doing. I, we both think he's a good player. Yeah. Very good player. Just didn't seem to fit. They want more from their backs. Maybe he gets it in Philly. But you know what? I got a lot of criticism for this on Twitter when I put out Jordan Howard's rushing over the first two years. Let's see if I can find the tweet. Let's see if I can find the tweet. Well, here, let me share this tweet from ESPN Stats Info because this came out right after the trade and yes. it made Jordan Howard seem like he's like this elite running Superstar. back. Jordan Howard is one of three players with at least 250 touches and 1,000 yards from scrimmage in each of his last three seasons. The only others to do that are Zeke Elliott and Todd Gurley. That's so deceiving. It's a disservice. It's actually just to Jordan Howard. It honestly is. Can we just... I can even narrow this down. All right? This guy averaged 3.7 yards per carry last year. 3.7. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. That is... That is uh, honestly, you're lucky. Guy's going to make $2 million this year. 3.7 yards per carry last year. You're lucky to get anything for him, in my opinion. So... But also, forget that. You just talk about what teams are paying for with the running back position right now. Because we've seen it. Teams will go out and use a first-round pick these days on a guy like Todd Gurley, a guy like Zeke Elliott. I mean, but these guys are in a different Saquon class. Saquon Barkley. And it has more to do, it less to do with the production as it has to do with the player. So the way I wrote this, Jordan Howard is good but not special. He's tough, but he's not explosive. He's durable, but he's not versatile, and he's not a threat to run dangerous routes out of the backfield, which is something, if you go back to our Matt Bowen episode from like a month ago, uh, he explained that better than any of us. So in today's NFL, the, the, the demand's just not... If you're good, tough, and durable, great. But you can find good, tough, and durable in the NFL. Yes. And teams, they, if they're going to spend a high, you know, high draft capital for a running back... Or spend big in free agency for a running back. They want special, explosive, and versatile. Which That's, is Zeke Elliott. Which is Saquon Barkley. Which is Todd Gurley. Yes, yes. With it, all due respect to Jordan Howard, again, good player. He's not that. Doesn't present that type of talent. So I, I put this tweet out there. 2018, Jordan Howard has career lows. Bears go 12-4. and four. 16 and 17. Howard runs for 2,435 yards. Bears go a combined eight and twenty-four. People ripped me. How can you uh, blame it all on him? Terrible teams. John Fox, this and that. I'm like, no, it's about value. Yeah. As the Bears improved, his production and value decreased. It's as simple as that. Well, he didn't get the ball enough. Yes, he did. His rookie year, he had 252 carries. Last year, two less, 250. Was it nearly as productive for a better team? Yeah, that was one of the misconceptions all season long last year, was that Jordan Howard wasn't getting the ball enough. He actually was. His 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 touches were right on pace with what they had yeah. been. Yeah. Uh, they and, really- and just go with, like, with, with the eye test. Like I went back and watched some of the Eagles game, some of the Packers game in week one, uh, some other plays throughout the year. It just looked different for Jordan Howard. The player that we saw who broke those big runs at Lucas Oil Stadium against the Colts, who broke some big runs, who was it, against the Cowboys early in his career. It just didn't it just didn't look the same to me. The old eye test, right? Yeah. So again, with all due respect to Jordan Howard, good player, could be a great fit for Philly. 
But things had to change. And I think everybody across the league saw things were going to change with the running back position for the Bears. And that's why the Bears got what they got. And again, the money. I mean, you're talking about a player that, okay, so his numbers have been dipping. He's not explosive. He's not versatile. You can get away with that when your cap hits a little bit less than $700,000. But the money escalated to north of $2 million in 2019. And I, I put this... I tried to explain this in my column, which, again, you can read at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. But we know Nagy loves Tariq Cohen. They just added Mike Davis, who they obviously think has untapped potential here. And I think we all think it's very, very possible the Bears use a draft pick on a running Oh, back. it's very obvious. They have to. Now, I, 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 I'm convinced they have to. Um, oh, sorry. Carry on. Well, but. the point just being, okay, so Cohen, Davis, the guy, his name you can't remember. and I got it now. And a I draft think. pick, and especially if that draft pick's uh, in the third round, potentially, that guy's going to be in the mix. Yes. So where are the carries for Jordan Howard? They're just naturally going to go down as a result of the new guys that are here and how much Nagy loves Tariq Cohen. And now you're paying that guy $2 million when, it's, when his usage is going to decline pretty significantly. So just on that, honestly, if the Bears had not been able to get a taker or any kind of compensation whatsoever... That would have made him a candidate to get cut. Yeah. Just flat out released. Right, right. Right. You have to get something. And if you're going down that path, again, which I think a lot of teams saw, you have to make sure you get something. Is a sixth round pick that's conditional to become a fifth round pick if he does well? Great compensation. But you know what? It's better than nothing. Well, hey, if it ends up being a fifth rounder, then that's what you you used a fifth rounder to draft him. Yes, yes, that means he played well. It means he played well, and again, that may be tough to swallow, but again, the, the writing was on the wall. And this this comp pick theory, you know, like this the how the this was a great move by the Eagles because they could get a comp pick for, for Jordan Howard. You know, I doubt it. It, it takes a little bit more for that very. Nuanced, convoluted, whatever, very complicated formula to come into to, to fruition for you to get the account pick. It starts with Jordan Howard playing exceptionally well next year, and then leaving the Eagles in free agency and getting a major contract. And that pick doesn't come until twenty twenty one. Yes, by making this trade, the Bears guaranteed them a pick, whether it's the fifth or sixth round next year. Yes. Okay, so a year earlier than that comp pick that the Eagles will supposedly get. And by the way, he's going to a similar offense, not the same offense, similar offense. Yes, there are some differences. Where they use a lot of Nagy's very mis yeah. Where they a use a lot of different running backs. If he has a type of year that nets the Eagles a comp pick, I'm sorry, but I'll be very surprised. Yes. I, just, yes. I don't yes. think that's yes. very likely. And you know what? If and if he does, then maybe the Eagles should keep him. Yeah. And maybe they should re- re-sign him if that's the case. If if he plays that well, forget the comp pick, keep the running back. They've kind of had musical chairs back there in their backfield. So people are just overreacting. Look, I don't want to make it sound like the Bears could regret or not regret this move. Of course there could be some regret, especially if the Eagles you know, happen to be a very good team and Jordan Howard plays a very important role in that. But let the draft play out. Let's see what happens with Trubisky in his second year with Nagy. Let's see what happens. Jordan Howard was introduced in Philadelphia yesterday 
interesting because he essentially said that he's known for a while this trade was going to happen. In fact, he felt like he was going to be going to the Eagles, according to what his agent was telling him. Uh, I, I pulled some of this press conference from Philadelphia yesterday so you can hear Jordan Howard in his own words. Good evening, everybody. Um, I just want to thank Howie Roseman, uh, Coach Peterson, and uh, Jeff Lurie for bringing me here. I'm so excited to be a part of this organization. Hey, Jordan, what was it uh, like hearing you were traded? Was it a surprise, or did you kind of expect something was going to happen? I mean, I wasn't really a surprise. I, I knew something was going to happen, just didn't know when. And I was just finally relieved because I was, like, getting tired of everybody hitting me up about, like, are you getting traded and how do you feel about this? So I was definitely relieved. When you heard the Eagles were your landing spot, what was the initial reaction? Um, I pretty much knew they were going to be my landing spot. I just didn't know, like, when, but I was pretty excited. How'd you know? Why'd you know it was going to be going to be your um, just from like what my agent had been telling me and stuff like that but they had interest in mm-hmm. you for a while from, from the outside what is your perception been of this eagles culture and this eagles team um just hungry just dogs uh just like the fans and uh culture just like uh hungry franchise you have a lot of connections on the roster have any guys reached out and if so what have they told you about the team oh yeah plenty of guys I, I was just with alshon last night uh nate suffield he's been reaching out a lot They're just telling me that i'm gonna love it here that it's, it's different from chicago but i'm definitely gonna love it as a rookie you have a big year number two in the league in, in rushing the production's declined since then what's the reason for that and how to get back to that uh my rookie season uh yeah, I had a lot of success, but we only won three games, and that wasn't fun at all. But um, since then, uh, last year, that's like probably the most fun I've had since I've been in the league. Because of, of, the, the, of the team success? Yeah, the team success. What's your understanding for why uh, you did get traded? Um, I'm not really sure. They made a decision. Uh, they wanted to move on, and I can't be mad at that or anything. or have hard feelings about that. What do you think of the Eagles' offensive system and how it might fit you well coming over here? Um, I think it's going to be a, a very good system. We have so many... Uh, so many options, uh, it's definitely going to be hard to stop us. Do you see what you have on the outside as far as receivers and then Deshaun Jackson, maybe a safety he's going to have to get? How will that help you in the running game? Um, it's definitely going to open up the uh, running game because they won't be able to load the box up uh, with DJ. They're definitely going to have the safety over top because he still has a lot of speed. Jordan, how would you describe your playing style? Um, I decide my, describe my playing style as being like rugged, physical, uh, definitely like setting the tone. I feel like I'm a, a blue-collar player, and I feel like this is a blue-collar city. What was it like for you just to, to hear your name in these trade conversations and, and to know that uh, you know the Bears had wanted to move on from you? Um, it wasn't really hard feelings. Um, I was uh, definitely excited that other teams were interested in like trying to uh, trade for me and stuff like that, so it made me feel good. Do you have any, any uh, notion of why it was that, that they wanted to move on? Um, no, I don't. Uh, I don't have anything but good things to say about them. Uh, they're definitely on the come up. So some classy uh, comments there from Jordan Howard. You know, a lot of times in this type of situation, players would be upset. And uh, In fact, we are about to talk about a trade from 10 years ago where a player was uh, leaving another city. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, not on good terms. But, um, you know, I, I, I'll say this because there, there was – I'd always heard some mixed opinions on Jordan Howard a little bit over the last few years. Um I thought he handled this past season phenomenally. And you heard him say that in there that this was the most fun he's had since he's been in the NFL. He, to, to kind of what you said, someone brought up in that press conference the numbers he put up as a rookie, and he said, yeah, but we only won three games. Yeah. And so he didn't really care about that. So, um, you know, I got the sense 
just being in the locker room all season that Jordan, I mean, there was a lot of this talk about how he was unhappy and stuff. And yeah, I, I'm sure any player wants to get the ball, but he never really showed that a whole he lot. He did a lot of things professionally. He really did this year. I had a one-on-one um, interview with him where I asked all sorts of pressing questions about his mindset. And I, I did use, do you remember that um, when, when Nagy was caught on the sideline saying, I'm going to get you going. I promise you, I'm going to get oh, you yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I asked him about that. And I asked about the relationship and asked about his fit and all that stuff. Just just always positive. He's always been a man of, of, of a few words. Uh, obviously, we just heard that. Yeah, he doesn't his, say much. No, he doesn't say much. But... Look, his teammates liked them. We saw his responses uh, from them on Twitter, from Danny Trevathan to Kyle Long and, and so on. We'll see what happens. The writing was on the wall for him. I think he knew it. He read it. Maybe some fans didn't see it, but he was well aware of what his future could be for the Bears. All right, before we uh, do something a little bit different and look back in history, which I'm excited to do this, um, there was another move the Bears made yesterday, re-signing Aaron Lynch. Kind of has been, I've been expecting this for a little while. You know, Lynch obviously went to the open market, tried to see what he could get. Um, you know, the numbers we're still kind of waiting on. How it's another one year contract though, and he, I thought when he was healthy last year, was a pretty decent player. Made some big splash plays for the Bears last season, and for a team that. You know, we're kind of looking at this thing. You know, the depth at outside linebacker. You have two pretty good players there, in Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd. But the depth is uh, questionable. So I think this move to bring Aaron Lynch back on another one-year prove-it deal makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't think he probably got the same deal as he did last year. What was it? One year, five million. Five million. I'd be surprised if it, it comes in uh, anywhere near that. I don't think he had much of a market. I think he visited the Seahawks for a little bit, and he also went to Oakland. Was it Oakland? I th- he made a couple trips on the West okay. Coast, and I think Indianapolis, too. Okay, so so a few there. So a steady player, uh, I don't mind it whatsoever. You, you need somebody who's a serviceable backup for your top two guys. And, yes, the Bears still see promise and potential in Isaiah Irving and Kylie Fitz. But you know what? Right now, Aaron Lynch is a bit better. Yeah, and that's a neat position for the draft, just like running backs need position for the draft. So and he's still young too. I think he's only like 26, 26. But look, we'll see. You needed somebody. Yeah. I think. I think the comfort in the he's familiar. The yes. The, the, Granted, the defense yeah, might be changed a little bit, but he, you know it's a new D coordinator. But he's familiar with the team, his teammates, all that stuff. Yeah, continuity. That's so, the word I was looking for. Continuity. Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what the uh, the numbers are here. But I think for this, this was a position of need, in my opinion. Um, it still is, still is, especially from the draft. But still is right. So uh, anyway, Bears re-signed Aaron Lynch on a one-year deal. All right, now uh, we're gonna have a little bit of fun because this is the ten-year anniversary of a big trade that happened in Chicago, one of the biggest ever. Absolutely, to be honest, one of the biggest ever. Uh, the reaction was very similar to what happened with Khalil Mack yes. last fall uh, when that trade went down. And of course, we're talking about the Jay Cutler trade, April second, two thousand nine. The Bears have had twenty-two quarterbacks take snaps since nineteen ninety, and almost makes one nostalgic for the days of Bobby Douglas. But the revolving door may have just stopped with a thud or a bang before he throws a football. Jay Cutler becomes arguably the most talented quarterback in Chicago since Sid Luckman way back in the 40s. After the trade, John Elway called it a sad day in Denver. 
in Chicago. It's a whole new era for the team Cutler rooted for as a kid in Santa Claus, Indiana. I couldn't be more excited. You know, I, I'm, I'm here to help this team win uh, and, and bring a championship back to Chicago. I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Bolin and the Broncos for the last three years um, and, and the fans of Denver. You know, I love my time there. Um, obviously, there's been a lot um, said, you know, on my part and the Broncos' part uh, over the last couple months. Um, I think both sides would possibly do a few things different, but, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, and, uh, you know, that's behind me. Um, like I said, again, I mean, this is, uh, this is a dream come true for me, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the future. I grew up watching this organization, grew up watching these games. Um, you know, I love this. I love, uh, love being a struggle bear. You know, it's always been something that, uh, you know, I've dreamed of doing. I'm going to be a great teammate first. Um, you know, I think that's going to be... Uh, one of the first things I try to do is, is earn the trust and, and respect for my teammates. You know, I, I think if, if you can't respect your teammates and you can't trust them, um, you don't have a chance on the field. So, you know, that's, that's one of the first things I want to get across to these guys that I'm going to do everything possible to help us win ball games. Cutler is a step up in class from anyone the Bears have trotted out there recently. Since Cutler started in Denver in 07, his numbers far surpassed those of Bears quarterbacks in that time. Remember, he led the AFC in passing yards in 2008. That being said, Josh McDaniels isn't looking back. No regrets of the whole situation other than we couldn't communicate um, and fix the thing that we were attempting to fix the way we were attempting to fix it. I don't know where the blame lies. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, you know, or if there is blame. Um, obviously, it was a situation where communication uh, became an issue, and at that point, um, you know, it, it started to kind of get progressively uh, worse um, but I understand the player uh, the player's mindset I understand that um, you know he he wasn't happy with uh, what had happened or transpired that was a sports center story from 10 years ago good work on the Jay Cutler I was able to find it on YouTube you always find things on YouTube. So easy work? YouTube's great. Well I you know you spliced it together more, more work than you did that's true. I drove here. That's true. Got copy on a truck. Ugh, 45, the worst. Uh, anyway, it gives you a little snippet there. Jake Cutler's first comments. That was from his uh, press conference at House Hall. Uh, interesting, you know, talking about the need to be a great teammate and earn the respect and trust of, of your teammates. Uh, and then the Josh McDaniel stuff there at the end. It, you know, it all started with the... Supposedly they wanted to trade for Matt. He wanted to trade for Matt, Matt Castle. Castle because, you know, and, and that was obviously a part of it. I, you know, there's been some stories throughout the year that obviously, I, I, more happened, more had to happen there for it to just deteriorate so right. quickly like that. But they basically weren't on speaking terms. There was a communication issue. You heard him alert, allude to it there. And uh, if you go back in time and think about it, the, you know, it's very highly, uh, publicized that the Broncos were going to be trading Jay Cutler and there were teams involved. I believe Washington was one of them. And uh, the Bears came out on top. Do you remember where you were when yes. this trade happened? Yes, yes. I was on the way to work at the Sun-Times building. I was a high school sports editor at that time, an assistant high school sports editor doing some online stuff. And I got the phone call walking across the Madison Street Bridge I believe, one of those bridges over there, leaving Ogilvy Train Station, walking into the Sun-Times office, the old one at Wolf Point. 
and I which can, is now Trump Tower. Yes, yes. No, no, no. The other one. There's oh, another okay. one. Yes, yes. The the second one before they're where they're at now. Um, at least in my tenure, it's. I was shocked. It's exciting. It was a light bulb memory moment. In in terms of sports, absolutely. But man, did that thing just take on a life uh, of its own? Just what a forget the trade. Just what he became over ten years, nine years, whatever it was with the Bears. It was something else. Yeah. So I was uh, in my first stint at WGN Radio. And about a month away from moving over to the score um, back in 2009 at that time. And I, this was definitely one of those moments where, like you, I can remember exactly where I was. I believe I was pulling out of the Tribune parking lot, uh, but listening to the score. And it's an exchange I, you know, will never forget hearing it live as it happened. And, uh, the old Boars and Bernstein show, which I still believe is the best sports radio show that's ever existed. But this is how they reacted, Dan Bernstein, Terry Boars, as the trade uh, basically broke. I believe it was Mike Mulligan who was covering the Bears for the Sun-Times. Sun-Times broke it, I that believe. Broke, yeah. broke the story. Uh, so here is the, the audio from B&B. By the way, Suntimes.com is reporting the Bears got Cutler. Suntimes.com is reporting the Bears got Cutler. The Suntime, it is, we are following this up as we speak. I guess the score, Zach Zaidman, is on it. Zach! But I think the Suntimes website is apparently getting pounded Pound. at the moment. <laughs> hmm. We have more from on, Brian Dan. Peruk. Yeah, Dan, just as you mentioned, Suntimes.com reporting the Bears, and I'll read it verbatim, uh, the news alert. The Bears acquired quarterback Jay Cutler today. This is almost too unbelievable to keep going. But right. the Bears acquired, I'm already I'm right. in a haze already, but go ahead. The Bears acquired quarterback Jay Cutler today for number one draft picks in two thousand nine and two thousand ten, a number three pick this year, and Kyle Orton, the Sun Times has learned. Hot damn The Bears received the Broncos fifth round pick this year. Cutler, 25, is coming off a Pro Bowl season with the Broncos, but he became disgruntled and wanted a trade after learning Denver was considering a deal for quarterback Matt Castle. And guys, go get him, Jerry. Yep. Go well, get, now, what did I say? All Just, right. You could juice that up a little bit besides those two first rounds, and that's what they did. You all got right. third rounder there. 25-year-old Pro Bowl quarterback Jay Cutler is now the most talented quarterback in the history of the Chicago Bears. Yes, he is. And welcome to Chicago, Jay Cutler. This is not an April Fool's joke. No, we're past that, are we? We are past it. This is we're not an April it. Fool's joke. The <laughs> Sun-Times is reporting that Jay Cutler is a bear. Unbelievable. That is one of those things where if it happened a day earlier, everyone would have thought it was fake. Like Tom Brady's retirement? Yeah, but that no was one, a bad one. That's no bad one bought one. that one. Come on. That's a bad one. Um, so you hear the giddiness from my uh, old friends Dan Bernstein and Terry Boers there. I mean, that's I, – I, I still think to this day, like, that live reaction to the trade, like, encompasses the immediate excitement. Uh, it was unbelievable. In the city. Unbelievable. But um, – and and we're going to talk to Mark Potash here. We always talk about having Mark Potash on the podcast. We're going to talk to him here in a little bit. Uh, part of the story he wrote remembering the 10-year anniversary of the Cutler trade was that some of the, the some of the reaction in the media was actually more split than you would you would think it would be. 
And uh, I want to play this chunk of audio from Hub Arkish, actually, who shortly after this trade breaks, um, they had him on the radio. And, man, you're going to hear this here from Hub. There's so much foreshadowing. And this is his immediate reaction to the trade, like just moments after the news broke. You know, guys, I, I, I just hope that this isn't being done for PR purposes and and because of what was expected and because, you know, they, they wanted to make everybody happy. I tend to doubt that they would do that. They've paid an awfully steep price if it is. Um, but the bottom line is i got to believe Bears Nation is thrilled right now because they got their guy. I, I just hope he can give them what they want. What under what circumstances would he not, barring an injury? I, I don't, I don't see any. I, I mean, Hub, he is enormously talented, and I, I heard what you said before. And I'm going to take you out and beat you senseless someday, you know. But it's okay. I don't take it personally. I, I mean, I, I don't know how you miss with this guy. It, it's one of those guys. And I'm, I'm not saying he's. I agree with you. I don't. I'm not saying he's Johnny Unitas or Brett Favre. And I'm not saying that at all. But he sure as hell is the most talented quarterback you've ever had on your damn roster as a Bear. Yeah. Yes, he is, Terry. Physically, I agree with that. And I'm not even at this point going to start with any of the immaturity and, and the mental and the attitude and the me first and all that. Let's put that aside. Let's let him get to town. Let's let him speak for himself. Let's let his teammates be the judge of that. When you go back to the physical part and you look at what's going on here, behind a really good young offensive line and with two of the brightest young receivers in the league, one of the best receiving tight ends um, uh, and, and, and an excellent running game in spite of all the injuries along with those 29 touchdowns or whatever it was came 18 interceptions he has none of those things to work with here so so the question is what are they going to do now this year what are they going to do next year how long is it going to take to give him some weapons does he make Devin Hester better or does he get frustrated because rarely is he going to find Devin Hester where he's expecting him to be or at least that's been the track record of Devin Hester slash receiver so um, believe me guys I'm going to spin this negative I, I I'm as surprised as anybody that they were this aggressive. I, I am as surprised as anybody that they were able to get it done. I just predicted on this air about four hours ago that they wouldn't be able to. Um, but now there's a lot of questions to answer is how are they going to leverage this new talent they've got? I mean, Hub was all over that. Spot on. I mean, that's a, that, uh, and I'm sure he was probably crushed by the textures and callers there for, you know, saying anything negative about this amazing Bears quarterback trade. And trust me, I was on the other side of it. I was like, this is it, the final piece they need. They just need a quarterback. The defense is still there. And, and obviously, Hub was all over the fact that the Bears did not have the same personnel on offense that he had in Denver when he was running around with Eddie Royal, good old young Eddie Royal, yeah. way before the Eddie Royal that appeared on the Chicago Bears years later. Um, better offensive line, tight end, running game, the whole deal. And... You know, Devin Hester's running around as your number one wide receiver. It, that was just the start of what was not an ideal situation for for. And 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 it sounds like you're making excuses for him again, um, but it's part of the whole story. Yes, I mean, Jay yes. had his faults. Yes. There's no question, um, but they never were able to get all the pieces together at the right time. I did a story on him one of his first appearances in the city of Chicago at La Rabita Children's Hospital. God, it was like a few days after the trade, so after his introductory press conference, and I interacted with him down there. I, I just It's coming all back to me right now. I still, I still have the clip cut out of, of the Chicago Sun-Times. Um, 
Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be so much different than it turned out. And I know we're going to get into this with, with Mark Potash, and maybe I'll just wait for that. But that moment at La Rabita Children's Hospital, the the excitement, the how positive he was, how professional he was, how ready he seemed to be for this. And then just, look, maybe we just bring in Mark because this is such, so many things happened over the Cutler era to... I mean, he finished his career with the Dolphins. People forget that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that happened. Now he's a reality television star. So many things happened over the Cutler era. Yeah, well, I wanted to get you some of the raw audio and raw reaction to uh, what happened 10 years ago because it's, it's really fun to go back and listen to. Um, but, uh, yeah, we want to bring in Mark Potash. We talked about it a million times, I think. And uh, as we look back on the Jay Cutler trade from 10 years ago, Potsy had a really good piece in the Sun-Times today looking back on the trade, uh, the circumstances of it for the Bears and even the Broncos a little bit. Potsy, welcome to the Hogan Johns podcast. Thanks, uh, Adam. And, Adam, I appreciate it. It's going to be fun. Where does this podcast <laughs> appearance rank on you, the list of uh, radio slash podcast appearances you've ever done? That's hard to say because I am like totally uncomfortable in any kind of setting like this, especially like a cap show when it's you know t- live TV or anything like this. So I I, I can't I can't really remember. I can't, it's hard to rate them. It's hard to think about it because I'm always so nervous and can't uh, can't think straight. Now, I, I do enjoy But I'll do your, my best. We, we enjoy your appearances on, on Cap Show on NBC Sports Chicago. You take it to him. You kind of own that show. Cap, he succeeds. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, it's it's really hard to get it in get in on Cap. He kind of he he kind of owns that show. Yeah, he well, the, the, almost. Yeah. But you fire back on him good. You fire back pretty good. Um so this uh as we look back Ten years ago, we were just discussing a little bit where we were when the trade went down. Because on the list of big Chicago sports moments, I mean, this Jay Cutler trade is on that list for sure. And and one at least one of those things for me where I remember exactly where I was when it all happened. What were you doing, Patsy? I, you know, I, I'll be honest. It's it, there's no doubt. It, no matter how this how it turned out or what you think of it, it, it was definitely one of the most memorable moments in Bears history. When we do those stories this year, this will definitely be on the list. But I'll be honest, I don't really remember exactly where I was. I know at the time I was kind of chained to the copy desk at the Sun-Times and not really even doing full-time reporting or really any reporting at the time. That would Later that year I, I would get in on it. But, but at the time I was working a desk shift um, at the Sun-Times, so that wasn't, uh, I can't say that there's, you know, it's, you know, it's like some of those big events where you remember exactly where you were. I don't even remember. I, it's hard for you know. I wasn't even opining on it, and you know, there, I, I wasn't. I think Twitter might have been around, but I certainly wasn't on it. Not a big social media guy, especially at that time. So I can't really even remember being a part of it. That was one of the interesting things about doing that story was seeing all the opinions, even as the even as the trade was kind of percolating, and then after it came to be, it was very interesting to see. Um, you know what people thought of that, and and just how much it really captured everybody's imagination because the Bears were so desperate for a quarterback. And I don't mean to kind of run on here, but you know the big thing that was the Jay Cutler trade. Everybody looks back at it now as kind of a failed uh, a failed deal. But you got to remember just how desperate the Bears were um, for you know for a quarterback at the time. So I think if just to kind of step ahead a little bit here and say what do I think of it? You know it was kind of a mistake, but it was it was 
was a mistake that the Jerry Angelo kind of had to make because they were they were just that desperate for a quarterback at the time. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it didn't work out. But I, I mean, looking back on it, I would make the trade again. And to your point, uh, some of the reaction we just played. Where, I remember where I was, Potsy. I was just having to be listening to Boars and Bernstein in my car. And I, we found the audio of that whole live reaction, and we just played some of that. And it also included, um, you know, to his credit, Hub Arkish. They immediately had him on the radio, and, and and Dan and Terry were all excited about the trade. And uh, you know, Terry's like, I I can't see how this will ever go wrong. And I was probably more on that side. Like, this is a no brainer trade. You're bringing in the most talented quarterback the Bears have ever had. But Hub immediately came on the radio, and foreshadowed, we just played this here on the podcast, foreshadowed a lot of the issues that ended up happening. Mentioned Jay Cutler's immaturity sometimes, how uh, you know he's not beloved in the locker room all the time. And also the fact that you know he had a great offensive line, he had great weapons in Denver, and in Chicago, he's going to have none of that. And that ended up being a lot of the storyline uh, for the next eight, nine years. Yeah, you know, that was the most interesting aspect of, of researching this story, I found, was my recollection was that it was like one of, like you said before, one of the great moments in, in Bears history as far as the Bears finally doing something uh, that everybody wanted. And I think that, I think that was definitely true. The sentiment, that sentiment was, I think, uh, correct. But in looking back on it, there was a pretty decent amount of dissent. I, I in, in the story I wrote, uh, we had uh, both uh, Mike North and Dan McNeil. I think both were at the score at the time, but they were writing stories for the Sun Times, and, and and both said, I mean, you know, McNeil was uh, totally against it, and, and Mike was a big Orton guy, and I was just surprised how much uh, dissent there was um, that was actually out there. I mean, I'm sure on the radio there was a lot, like you said, with Hub, and and certainly uh, you know uh, Mike and and Danny Mac with uh, you know were, I'm sure on the radio as well. So that was interesting that there were people who were kind of put off by kind of the petulance of Cutler that kind of started this whole thing. For you, Mark, I know you said you were on the desk when the the news broke, but you did cover a, a good majority of Cutler's career here for 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 the Bears. When did you maybe start to realize? Was it year one, year two, year three? Okay. Maybe this is not going to work. Was it his when, when Mike Martz was like, or, or something, when the changes kept happening? When was the moment for you that this was not going to work out with Jay Cutler? You know, Adam, I can't say there was an absolute moment. I remember coming into Hell's Hall late in the 2009 season, um, you know, just to, as a backup and just being in on some of those press conferences. And I have to admit, it did strike me, uh, you know. Well, for, let's back up a little bit. First of all, Jay had uh, Jay from 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 the start. Jay had kind of the wind going into his face because um, yeah, you know, the, the because Urlacher yeah. got hurt in the very first game, and that took a lot out of the defense and to put more on on Cutler. So at the by the end of that year, the thing that I think I noticed most was. Uh, how easily distracted this guy was, and how socially awkward he was, and and uh, and how and and just didn't seem to have. I think the earliest indications to me were like 
that he just really didn't have those leadership qualities that that kind of could rise above a lot of a lot of uh, adversity and that's really all he faced in Chicago was adversity so he had all the talent but i think pretty early on it was clear that they got a guy i think though i can't remember exactly how i put it a guy who could kind of lead you to victory but he couldn't carry you to victory he you know he needed a lot of help and i think i, I think that was noticeable very early on that uh, that Cutler was yeah the best quarterback physically the Bears had had you know since Sid Luckman maybe but uh, but but not did not have uh, I'm so big on, on on the it factor and and the intangibles especially on teams that are struggling and building and I just saw very early that I didn't think that I just didn't see that he had it I've always been of the the opinion if I had to put a conclusion on Jay Cutler's career because there, there's so many different ways to take his story especially with all the offensive coordinator changes then you had Mark Tressman and Phil Emery come in then you had John Fox and Ryan Pace come in the guy was a sur- survivor I mean just because of the nature of the importance of his position just survived change so I, I've always been of the opinion that he brought stability to a long-standing problem position for the Bears but it just wasn't enough you know you look at Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, obviously, with the, with the Packers. It's the most obvious comparison point for the Bears because it's a long-standing rival. But I'm just curious, Mark, as you saw his narrative kind of change, we, we were both there for the Mark Tressman era. What did, what did you think? What, what were your takeaways about how he was no longer this, like you said, this petulant child where he kind of evolved into a leader in a sense, but kind of a, a different one? What do you think of how his, how his story seemed to change with all the changes around him? Yeah, he, he the, you definitely noticed that. I mean, Jay grew up. I mean, you know, Jay is the kind of guy who just has, has social anxieties. He's got, you know, social issues in, in dealing with just people and stuff like that. And, and I think he, and as you grow up, you kind of, you're more, you, that doesn't always change, but you become more aware of them and you're able to manage them better. I just, just know that just from raising kids, you, you, you learn that kind of thing. And he definitely uh, became much more mature and much more aware. He wasn't, you know, well, he didn't. He didn't turn into the life of the party or our best friend, but he was much more manageable of everything that around him, um, and so and much better. But the issue was, and the problem, and the issue was, the problem with his whole being with the Bears, whole career with the Bears, was the timing was off when he when 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 uh, when he started, and the Bears had a, still had the. the uh, some pretty good remnants of a really good defense under Lovey Smith. They had no receivers. When they finally got all the receivers that that you know the great offense that that he needed, the defense was bad. And Jay wasn't the kind of guy who could win shootouts regularly. So yeah, he grew up. And if he would have been as mature as he was at, at the beginning as he was at the end, I think he could have had more success. But the timing was off for him personally, and I think for the Bears as as a team. It just I think that's kind of the the, the lesson or the story of the whole Cutler era. It was. Just it was just bad timing all around for the way things were. You know, the whole dynamic of the Bears changed, and 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 for and for Jay too, he, he grew up too late, I guess. Yeah, so I have to agree with you. It's not all on Jay for for this lack of success. I still yeah, wonder to this day if if Jay Cutler was the quarterback instead of Rex Grossman in that Super Bowl against the Colts if they win. You know what I mean? Like if he. Yeah, that's a good question. The, the timing didn't ever add up. I don't know. I, I anyone who says Jay Cutler never could have been a winner. You know, I, I it's hard. Well, to, the Bears, it's hard to dispute the, that. The Bears organization is to blame too for all the changes for not investing around him until it was too late, far too late. It, well, that's what I'm saying. It's just the stars never really aligned align, yeah. for him. But he, but he obviously needed a lot of stars to align to make it all work. 
Is well, that that's that's the best point of all, Adam, is that, uh, yeah, there was, you know, just like we say about on a kind of a different issue about Martellus. I never thought any team could win with Martellus. I just think he's a not a he's a, he's a kind of a phony guy. He's not a he's not a genuine guy. He's, he doesn't he doesn't have a good influence on on teams. But if he put if you put him on a team like the Patriots, they are the only team that could kind of you know just take in his whole Martellusness, I guess, and, and win. And they did. And not that Jay was Martellus, but in this, by the same token, Jay could have been a winner if everything would have been going his way. Um, you know, if he maybe would have been in a, you know, if he would have had just the wind at his back totally, he obviously had, uh, you know, physical ability to do it, but that just doesn't happen in the NFL. So, so it, it's kind of, yeah, it's on the Bears for not creating an even better scenario for him to, to operate in, but it's also on him for not being able to rise above things. I mean, Jay just is a guy who just, you know, he has bad luck and he can't overcome the bad luck that he kind of seems to attract. I, you know, that seems to be the Jay Cutler in a nutshell. Now, Mark, you had one of my all-time favorite interactions with Jay Cutler. Do you know which one I'm going to reference? Uh, gee, there were so many. Uh, no. <laughs> the the one where, I, like, a week prior to, we'll call it the Shane McClellan game, uh, leading up to that game, you had The asked, game you're, you're referring to is Bears-Packers at Lambeau Bears, Field. Bears-Packers, Lambeau Field, where... Jay McClellan gets a hold of Aaron Rodgers and breaks his collarbone. Oh, yeah. A few days before that, you would ask Jay Cutler, I think, whether or not he was envious of the durability that Aaron Rodgers seemed to enjoy in his career while Jay dealt with so many different things. And then the following week... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got the clip? No, I don't have the clip, but... Do you remember Cutler's reaction at the time? Yeah, the that question? was. Uh, let's yeah. stop you right there, Adam. First of all, uh, for the first one, I kind of was kind of almost uh, being, uh, you know, kind of. I, I phrased it very poorly, especially to somebody like Jay. I should have known better, and he he kind of mf'd me. I think. Um, Right, even maybe even somebody might even got it on tape or whatever. But I kind of deserve that just for the way I phrased it. But my point was, it had to be frustrating for him, yes, for you know to see a guy like Rogers who you know you know often had poor protection, but he seemed to always survive. And Jay, I, let me put it this way, and I don't mean to digress too much, but to me, the perfect example of of Jay Cutler was in two thousand. I think it was two thousand eleven when Johnny Knox slips on a pass route against the, the Chargers. The Bears are on like a five or six, seven game winning streak. They're really looking like the the team that can beat the one the, the undefeated Packers. And Johnny Knox slips. The ball gets intercepted because Johnny Knox slips. Not only does Jay throw an interception, but he suffers a thumb injury, breaks his thumb trying to make a tackle on the on the. Um, you know, uh, the uh, you know I, on the interception, and just like uh, six months before, I think in the NFC Championship, Aaron Rodgers throws an interception at Brian Urlacher. Urlacher has a pretty much a clear path downfield, but uh, Aaron Rodgers trips him up with not a scratch on him, and 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 that pretty much prevented the Bears from at least mounting some kind of rally in that game. So it was just kind of the juxtaposition of those two events. You know, uh, Rodgers making a play without, you know, and making a key play, but being physical, and Jay just having the worst luck in the world. Uh, Johnny Knox slipping to start the whole thing, the whole episode. So that kind of thing, that's what started. So I, I, try, I was trying to ask him, that's got to be frustrating for you that, you know, he has that kind of bad luck, but it came out poorly, and and he was that. And I don't blame him for the way he reacted. It was a completely fair, no, that, yes. completely fair question, absolutely fair question, especially with all the injuries 
the guys has dealt with and would deal with after the fact, after that question was that. But, but what was it, the following week, that Wednesday or whatever day he used to meet the media? Because Rodgers gets hurt Rogers, in the game. Rodgers gets hurt in the game. Someone asks a question, uh, I don't know, about the division. I, I forget. But he looks at you. What does he say? I bet you that surprised you. It was about Aaron Rodgers yeah, getting hurt. Yeah, that surprised you, huh? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, but Jay, and that's fine. Those were all good. I never had a really bad uh, experience with Jay in that regard because I think you know I was always that's just the way I was and the way he was, and he reacted that way. So you know, I, I've always I, I looked wish at he would have been. I wish he even more. Uh, uh, he would have interacted with us more, which he kind of did at the end. But I wish he would have done that. more. More throughout, I think, because he's kind of a fun guy. He's a misunderstood guy, yeah. a fun guy, yeah. and uh, you know, just it's just uh, he's a star-crossed uh, a player. I thought I thought it was a sign of his, his dry sense of humor. Well, that, coming through, yeah, that was one of the examples because it was on the timing of it was just perfect. Bet you were surprised. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It's perfect. So right, and you know, that's another thing. And this is a little bit off off the path where we're going here, but that was another thing I kind of tried to point out in the story was that you know Jay was a little bit misunderstood. Uh, especially from the things early on, Jay was a very Jay was a very very passionate about winning football games. He you know he came across as that whole don't care thing and stuff like that, and, and not really being being into it. But he was very passionate about winning. He and he was very and he was a really good teammate, especially later. But I think overall a really good teammate, and I think he deserves a lot more credit for that because I think that is misunderstood. He comes off as kind of an aloof guy who who. Um, you know, just plays football because he can. But I think it really mattered to him. And I'm not sure if it bothers him that his career went the way it did with, you know, just what, maybe the one or two Pro Bowls and, no, you know, very few playoff games, whatever. I'm not sure if it does. It would be interesting to find out um, how he really feels. But but I do say, I will say that I think he was misunderstood in one respect as far as how much he cared, how passionate he was about winning football games, about being good. You know something? He just didn't have it in him to uh, intangible wise to really be the quarterback that his ability, you know, said he could be. Well, and he struggled to outrun his reputation. Really, uh, I-, I love this quote you included from Rick Morrissey uh, that he wrote at the time of the trade. This is in your story, uh, uh, Potsy. But the quote is: "If Jay Cutler doesn't raise red flags, Bears fans, you are colorblind. From all appearances and indications, he has the maturity level of a larva." <laughs> That's the Viper. The Viper we know, right, right, Posse? That's the Viper we know. But to your point, (laughs) he he matured. He I I don't think there's any question. His narrative changed. He matured. But I think the problem is the reputation that Jay created so early in his career, he just constantly struggled struggled to to outrun that. And that is both publicly, with the media, with what happened in Denver, and I think some of the first impressions that he had within that Bears locker room. Uh, with some older guys on the defensive side of the football that just did not accept him. That's true. Good the point. way the way as much as I think he actually was accepted more towards the end of his career when some of that turnover happened in the locker room, but it was just sort of too late. Those the, the reputation was there, right. and and it was never. And this I say this all the time when it comes to quarterbacks. It was never unanimously in his favor. And like right now with Mitch. I'd say it's uh, pretty much 100 yeah. percent in that locker room that they yeah. love. I mean, the rumors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, do you remember no that Jason, that Jason Campbell, what four interception game? How many interceptions did he throw in San Francisco? Oh God, that game at Candlestick. Yes. <laughs> yes. What was it? Lovey's last year. Is, Cal, is the Callen Ka- Kaepernick? Yeah, it was the Cal- Smith game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Jamarcus yeah. Webb was just a turnstile left tackle. Yes. Yes. I mean, there were people in the Bears organization rooting for Jason Campbell to come out and play well. 
in that game and win that job where they didn't have to go back to, to, to Jay Cutler. Now, a lot of those people, all of them are gone, actually. But it just shows to you that this thing was so layered. It wasn't all Jay's fault. What was the report early on um, about his teammates? I mean, there were Orton guys on that team. And they were upset that, that he was gone. Some teammates were ripping Cutler even before he got there. But such a... Ten years ago. Yeah, but you know wow. something, Adam. And in the end, in the end, it totally it kind of transformed into a situation where guys really wanted. I think this. I, I, it's hard. It's hard to put it into words. I tried to, but I think this really uh, cap, uh, kind of uh, crystallizes what what Cutler was all about. At the end, was at the end, he got a lot of support from his teammates, and I think the, he was very much. You know, he was voted a captain. And, and and he was very much uh, a, a captain in in that res- in the regard that people guys wanted to play for him, guys wanted to you know to 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 do their best for him. But you know something, they just didn't. I mean, they he didn't raise the some quarterbacks just create such a focus that they 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 make other players better. And Jay just never really engendered that kind of overachievement in his teammates, and that's one of the reasons why. He didn't succeed because he had to have that. And you, when you watch guys like Brady and Rodgers and see some of these guys, you know, look at these receivers at Green Bay who leave Green Bay and are never the same, including Jordy Nelson. I mean, you yeah. know, and Greg Jennings and guys like that. Guys overachieve. They make catches. You wonder why do guys make these catches they make for Brady and, and, and for Drew Brees and, and for these guys. It's because the quarterback, kind of, to me, the quarterback kind of engenders a focus that just makes you be good. And I'm saying what I'm saying is I think the Bears players at the end they wanted to be good they backed him they liked him but you know something Jay just didn't have and again it goes back to it Jay just didn't have whatever it was that kind of made them rise above that and play to a level above where they were and that's one reason why the Bears you know never really succeeded in the color era now in po- my opinion now Posse before you get out of here um, you know one one of your areas of expertise is on Twitter. Very talented on Twitter, I'd say. Uh, but we have sources telling us. I'm a reluctant Twitter. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah. I, we have sources telling us that there are some, some very good tweets out there that are maybe not actually being sent and are never actually seeing the light. Yeah, I'm in a phase. You know, it's funny, uh, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, Adam. I'm in a phase now. I was telling some other people who we both know uh, that I'm in a phase now on Twitter where um trying to be careful, and I'd say... At least half, maybe more th- times that I, I tweet something, I'll look at it and then I'll just say, "No, I cannot do that," because it's just uh, it's just so so problematic, I guess uh, personally. So yeah, I yeah, there are many things, all many right. things. All right, Posse, before we let you go, do you have a, a Kevin Fishbane fun fact for us to share for the Bears or for Jay Cutler? Anybody in general, just go for it. The floor is yours. It could be about the Cubs. Uh, boy, well, you put me on the spot, and again, I'm really bad, uh, really bad when I'm on the spot. Uh, the only thing I'll say is, you know, Jay Cutler uh, was uh, he never ranked higher than 13th uh, in passer rating in eight seasons with the Bears. So even when he was good in those good years, like with with uh, with Tressman and with uh, 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 Gase, uh, I think he, he he was still in the in the in the middle of the pack. So I think to me. That always illustrates that as 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 much as people tried to make Jay Cutler a good quarterback, he was just frankly pretty close to mediocre. 
All right, well said, Potsy. Appreciate you jumping Thank on. You, Mark. That's the best I can do on the spot. you got to give me a little bit of uh, no, advance notice next time. No, that was great. And, uh, yeah. you know, most people I would say, you you know, don't send those tweets. It's usually good advice. In your case, though, I highly encourage you to send those tweets. Fire away. Well, I'm, as, as I'm sure you know, I do send those out to uh, <laughs> a person or two. So oh, I've been on the receiving like side. A, I know it. We should we should get like you know a little group or a thing like a text thing I guess maybe in the, and the and we could do that but I don't know I'm real bad at social media so I have no idea how to do that stuff but yeah there's you know if we all t- if we all uh, tweeted everything we thought it it really be it really be a, a problem. Thanks, Potsy. All right, Mark. Thank you, man. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, I sure appreciate it. I had a good time. All right, have a good one. Mark Potter at Chicago Sun-Times, and a good story. You should go check out chicagosuntimes.com, revisiting the Jay Cutler trade 10 years ago. Yeah, he really needs to send those tweets, I think. <laughs> fire away, Patsy. Come on. Just fire away. But look, everything Mark just said, Jay Cutler was such a polarizing player in Chicago sports history. Forget just the Bears. Chicago sports history. Still is. Yes, yes. The the Athletic did a great piece on him today just in terms of the, the oral history. Dan Pompey and, and our and our friend Kevin Ken Fishbane uh, were involved in that. He still is such a polarizing figure. Still a very controversial figure. Now he's like a fan favorite because of his role on Very Cavalry. But look, there's, there's just so much to digest with his story here, I, I think. Uh, for the rot record, the Bears used the fifth-round pick they got in return in this trade. Remember, they got Cutler and a fifth-round pick. Uh, they used that pick on Johnny Knox, um, which you could actually argue was uh, one of the good moves they made to get Cutler some help. Johnny Knox was a good player. Uh, not a great player, but yes. a good player. Unfortunately, uh, suffered one of the worst injuries I've ever seen in person, where his no. back Ugh. just like bent in ways it definitely should not have bent, uh, and he never played again. Yeah, which yeah. was really unfortunate. I believe that was the Russell Wilson Seahawks game. If I remember right. Anyway, was oh. it the Seahawks game? Brian Urlacher got hurt. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, Maybe Brian, he, he pulled one. up with a hamstring injury. I kind of remember that just because of our seat location in the press box because that was the, that end zone. Right. But, um, Maybe it was a different game. Yeah, God, there's so. But I remember there. seeing the injury, and it was just ugh. Uh, meanwhile, the Broncos. Uh, they they did not use this is what we're what we're going to be following closely of course with the Raiders picks no they, the Khalil Mack move yes with the Khalil Mack trade um, the Broncos did not use these picks well uh, 2009 they used the, that first round pick they got from the Bears to draft Robert Ayers over Clay Matthews well, Clay Matthews was available um, did not draft Clay. Uh, they had the third round pick in 2009 that they got in the trade. Uh, they used that to trade up for tight end Richard Quinn. And that 2010 first round pick they used on Alfonso Smith. Who's that? And Earl Thomas was on the board. Ooh. ooh, ooh. And of course, uh, Kyle Orton also went in that trade. Kyle's fine. Was never that great. Thanks, Kyle. Um, you know, so uh, that of course that doesn't mean that the Bears would have drafted those same players, or you know they could have drafted better, or uh, they could have drafted worse too. Yeah, who 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 knows? Um, but the Broncos did not really take advantage of the draft capital. Yeah, we'll see what Mike Mayock and John Gruden come up with with their three first round picks they got this year. I don't know. 
I don't care what Sloan Conference has to say about the Bears trade right now. Well, I like Mike Mayock a lot as a draft analyst, so I'm actually really fascinated to see what he does. Yes. A little bit different when you're on the clock there, Mike. Sure. Sure. We'll see. Um, so, anyway, that was a fun look back at the Jay Cutler trade. Yeah. 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 Mitch Trubisky start polarizing because of the trade, for sure. But I think it's going to be a bit different. I think he's just a different type of leader, player. They've obviously invested around him as opposed to Jay Cutler, and they're really going. We'll see how this transpires, but the difference is already significant, in my opinion, early on. Well, yeah, I mean, we can argue about the player, um, but but to your point, there's no question the situation's already better. Vastly different than what Jay Cutler walked into. The head Vastly cut, different. They have the a similar defense, as to what Jay Cutler walked into in terms of how good it is, but offensively, um, the coaching's way better, incredibly better. The talent's way better. The, the talent around him's way better. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Trubisky has as, quite as much raw talent, uh, similar athleticism. I don't think the, the arm's not as good as Jay's. Uh, but we've seen time and time again that arm strength isn't the end all. No, all no. With if, these quarterbacks, if it was Jamarcus Russell would be a Hall of Fame quarterback right now, or on that path to being in. <laughs> Think about that. That path ended a long time ago. Um, all right, well, this is a fun episode. Some news for you in there with the Jordan Howard trade, Bears resigning Aaron Lynch, and a fun look back on the uh, the Jay Cutler trade. He will forever be one of the most polarizing figures in Bears history. And yes. that trade I don't think will ever be forgotten. So fun fun to go back and look at that. Thanks to Mark Potash for joining us uh, today as well. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read us, ChicagoSuntimes.com, WGNRadio.com slash Bears. Uh, and, hey, as I started the podcast, please rate and review the, review the pod. We appreciate you doing that. Go tell a friend. Go find a Bears friend you know right now and tell him to come come aboard the Hogan Johns train. Train? Train. I think that's what I said. Yeah. Okay. So take that and think about that for a little bit. All right. We will, Matt. I'm kind of hungry. Oh, man. We just both need a cheeseburger. I think I might get a cheeseburger. Sounds kind of good right now. All right. Good stuff. Talk to you next week. Should we yeah. talk? Should we start talking about the draft a little bit? What's that? It's so weird. The Bears don't have these picks. We should probably start doing that next week. All right, I'm in. We'll be back next week. Talk to you then. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening.